What's going on you rogues, rebels and renegades? Welcome to another episode of the Rogue Country Podcast. I am Mike West and thank you so much for tuning in. How are you guys doing? I really hope you enjoyed the last episode of the Rogue Country Podcast where we had the rogues around and it was myself, Chris Dover, Josh Bettis and Jody Davis from the Fargo Railroad Company. We took a lot of videos and a lot of recordings over that three days date run and we're sharing some of them right now if you head over to the rogue country youtube channel you can listen to cold hands doing your side of the bed and ashley harding doing got what's mine these two videos are phenomenal i've watched them multiple times even though i was there they're just that good to go back to and it's two phenomenal artists we're not stopping there though we've got josh bettis chris dover jody davis and myself releasing videos through the rogue country youtube channel soon so go over and check them out make sure you subscribed make sure you watch them and make sure you share them with the friends who will also like them also check out the brand new singles from jackson ward released over on spotify check out what can i say and broken promises the two new tracks they're available for streaming everywhere it's amazing to see such a young artist really pushing his voice i can't wait to see what he does next as this year wraps up we have so many things that we've got planned to do next year we cannot wait we've been in people's emails we've been in people's dms and we've got some stuff in the works that if you are a country fan in the uk will make you shit yourself i can't go into them yet this is a teaser of a tease but if you want to support rogue country and the work we do you can head over to our band camp and you can pick up some rogue country t-shirts we have nine left of the current run we have one medium, one large, three XL, and four double XL. So don't delay their fifteen pound and treat yourself. Spread the rogue word and keep on helping us make a difference in this UK country community because it's been really interesting. Obviously, we had the Nick Shoulders tour in November. Myself and Josh Bettis opened a couple of the dates, and it was cool to see people react to rogue country and know who we were and know what we do and buy the t-shirts and you know come up and say they're listening to the podcast, say they follow us on social media, and that is how we are going to get things done. That's how we're going to make a change, and I am really excited to see what next year brings. Also, as we're talking about t-shirts and Bettis, congrats to Joshua Bettis for selling out of his limited edition run of Simru and Western t-shirts. The design is amazing. They've all flown off the shelves and he is going to be doing a reprint very, very soon, but in a different color and a different style because this limited edition run is limited for a reason. I also wanted to thank you personally. Yes, the one listening to this podcast, because as we all know, Spotify wrapped has happened. Everyone is getting their stats and we got some lovely little stats for the Rogue Country podcast. We were rated five stars. Thank you so much to everyone who's rated. If you haven't rated us, please head on over to whatever podcast platform you are on and drop us the rating you think we deserve. Hopefully it's a high one. We were listened to in 12 countries, which is absolutely amazing. We were a top 10 podcast for 56 fans, a top 5 podcast for 45 fans, and a number 1 podcast for 24 fans. If you are one of those 24 people, one of those 45 people, one of those 56 people, or just one of those people listening, thank you so fucking much. We really appreciate your support and getting the word out there for all these amazing artists. Also, we cannot forget that on Wednesday, the 28th of December of this month, not that far away, Wednesday, the 28th of December of Birkenhead in Future Yard, where we had Sierra Farrell's sold-out show. We are hosting the Rogue Country Christmas Roundup, and it is myself, Mike West, Brandon Ridley, and Megan Lee. We cannot wait for this. All proceeds from the show will also be going to Whirl Arc, the local homelessness charity, and this is going to be an amazing way to end the year. We've had so many amazing gigs this year, and I can't wait to end 
2022 with such a wholesome good time tickets are 10 pound and available on the future yard website so don't delay and grab yours now up next up right now is the incredible clint bradley clint we've known for a long long time he's been a staple of the uk scene been smashing it for a long time he recently brought out his new single everything i hold dear which josh reviewed over on our social medias you can go check that out the seven inch of that single with an exclusive b-side you cannot get on social media is also available on clintbradley.co.uk i'll be dropping that link in this description of the podcast so make sure you go check out clint and all his incredible work but it was an absolutely fabulous chat with such an amazing wealth of knowledge of UK country and country in general and the scene as a whole. And this was a really important chat to me. I've known Clint or I've known of Clint for a long time, but this was the first time we've sat down and spoke. We've not met in person yet, and I really hope in 2023 that changes. But without further ado, this is episode 56 of the Rogue Country Podcast with Mike West and Clint Bradley. So we're rolling and thank you so much for making the time to sit down with us today. Um, obviously you brought out a new single, Everything I Hold Dear, that uh, Josh uh, recently reviewed. And I've known about and listened to some of your stuff for a while, but it wasn't until your new single that I really sat down and was like, holy fuck. Like, <laughs> it's really got such, it's it's weird to have such an amazingly Western sounding sound from a UK artist. And it's really... Yeah shows how well written and well produced and well played it really is how have you found the reception to your most recent single gone so far yeah it's been great and i mean i've been you know um i'm really sort of pleased that it's finding its way into areas that um the thing with western music is it it, it it's kind of out on a limb mm. as you probably realize um so um, it's kind of sometimes when I send it to people, I just I don't even tell them the genre. I just say, you know, <laughs> have a listen, because I don't I know I'm going to get that. You probably know yourself if you're playing country or mm. uh, whatever you're doing. People who aren't so much in, into the genre have a preconception, which yeah. is never right. And because of the mainstream, we're cursed by it. You know what that that preconception they create. Mm. Uh, curses us so um yeah I, I, and i'm really pleased with the way it, it, that it's been received by people you know as well as who wouldn't normally uh kind of dig that kind of thing you know just people who just love honest roots guitar yeah. based music you know um so yeah it's uh, um and i'm really pleased with the sound you know mm-hmm. um so it's it it, it it it's uh you know just touching wood fingers crossed like all of us we we make each record we make we do it so we we can make another one because yeah. we don't make you know it's but yeah um and I'm re- you know I'm chuffed with the reviews as well mm. so um no awesome really appreciate it. going on to the sound and stuff did you record more songs in that session or did you go in to get a single to get something else to then. No, that that was that was more or less intention was to go in and and um, and get a single down. Mm. Um, the B side, which is just not on the vinyl, um, we did that uh, a little bit later. Um, but um, the 
we did it on a you know like as usual on a shoestring, but <laughs> well, I got a, a great sort of partner in crime with um, Darren Allison. He's again, he he just sees it, you know, mm. for what it is, and he's not worked on any other country. I mean, his usual. I mean, he did the Divine Comedy is one of his most successful. Um, that trio of albums mm. that he did with Neil Hannon. Um, and he's he's done things like that and spiritualized um all manner of stuff, but he just loves anything that's real, mm. you know, and that he kind of believes in. Um and he 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 kind of saw that in the way I saw it. Yeah. Which which is so great when you get an engineer stroke, you know, producer that, that understands when you're co co-recording something together. Yeah. Um the sound, basically, the warmth, you know. Um, yes, it, 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 it's got it's tipping its hat to the, the classics, but but using everything we can. That's at our fingertips now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we, because we don't have the money to go into the expansive kind of spaces that mm. that, that, that they did back then. Yeah. You know, to record. Um, you know, the plate reverbs at Studio B. The the whole thing mm. that, that made those classic records sound what they did, you know. Yeah. No, um, that's the thing. I, I, what I found working with producers and engineers and stuff is they, you, obviously, the thing you said before, it's like with country and Western, they're like um and R and they aren't sure about it. But, you know, that's one of the oldest recording music genres ever. So it's like most yeah. techniques from like Studio A and uh, Owen Bradley and stuff they yeah. went on to filter into the rest of the music production world. So yeah. really all you're doing is going back to the roots of music production itself is those huge anthemic sounding records of like the 30s, 40s and 50s yeah. is kind of the origins of studio production in general. Anyway, so all you're asking them to do is to filter what they've learned through to go back to the point of origin. It's a really interesting thing. And then to have the modern day technology it just makes it so much more fun and so much easier to have to like splice things or get reverb plates or do something. It's yeah. much more at the touch of a button and it just gives you that freedom to create. Yeah, I I, I agree. You know, it, it, it is. Incidentally, that um, the, the Studio B um, is now owned by Nashville University. And there's a guy I know out there who's, who's teaching in the university and they actually go in there, the students. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, because you know, like all of us, I just got, I just got to see it before I, before I shuttle off my mortal, as mm. I say. Because <laughs> you know, the Quanson hut. I don't know how much of that's left or any, if yeah. any. Of it, but but I, I suppose a lot of that was accidental. Like all those great, you know, the things that Bradley did in there, the wiring, the whole thing, mm. and that old military hut. I'm sure added to the mystique yeah but, um it's interesting that it's still in some shape or form still there mm. um you know uh so yeah i mean it's just i'd love to i'd love to see but um you know darren he, he's he's quite kind of amassed quite a collection of stuff he's a real He's a real. He calls himself a gear slut, <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's a mass. He's got some amazing stuff there. He's got like a sixties Wem, 
he's got a Vincent uh, delay unit, stuff like that, and and a host of valve stuff that he's able to run mm. the desk through, you know, to try and get that get that warmth back. Um, uh, and then um, and then of course you've also go for the stage of you've probably found yourself when you get to the stage you've finished and you're going to go and cut the thing, um, master it. We found a sort of a very sort of sympathetic mastering engineer mm. who was actually quite relieved that we didn't want our record to sound louder than everyone else's. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently mastering, that is the bane of their life now. Every young band, they just said it, it's got to be louder than so-and-so. You know, they've got a master at this extreme yeah. volume. And you, 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 and and I, it's like you feel like an old fogey saying, you know, there's a volume control, yeah, on your record player. You can turn it up. <laughs> yeah, I thought that especially when I was in the mastering process, I thought like you know this is being committed to vinyl. If it's yeah. loud from the get go, it's gonna sound fucking awful if you put it on a record yeah. player. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if it's if you're only thinking kind of digitally, it is just whack it up and yeah. you know. Well, they they know they all know now that there's the parameters that that you know curse that we are with it. All the digital platforms, Spotify, um, etc. Dmat, you've got to have that. If you don't compress it, yeah, and get it to the stage where they want it, they'll do it for you, which you don't want. Yeah. So you know, fortunately, mastering engineers are aware of that now, and um you kind of take all that into example, but the resurgence of vinyl um, does, you know, does allow for, I suppose from a mastering point of view, a little bit more creativity than than it it was, you know, I think it's great, you know, (laughs) um, that that people are prepared to actually buy vinyl again. Yeah. The, I I remember when I was in, how, how long ago was I in uni? I think I was in uni in 2011, 2012, so like 10 years ago now. And yeah. I remember writing a paper on the rise of vinyl again, like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's been crazy to see it just keep going. And, yeah. um, you know, putting my stuff on record, like on vinyl, it sells the most out of those. Yeah. Like it beats CDs and stuff, hands down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great at gigs. I expect you find mm. this yourself at gigs. You know, if you can shift, you know, if you can shift it. You know, after you've had a really, really good night, you know, and you you see the twelve inch going, it's like, you know, it's really kind of yeah. handy. Yeah, no, um, totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for the likes of you know us independent artists, it's it's, it's quite a boon, really. I mean, mm. I hope it continues. Um, it just allows us to because it's so flipping, as you know, it's so. You, know, I, I don't know about you, but I just find it. it, it the, the more you do, the harder it gets. <laughs> you know, it's, it's barrier, especially if if you're in any area of country music. You, you, I'm talking about country as an umbrella now, yeah, which goes over all of us, from bluegrass right the way through to western to whatever you you know, outlaw country, whatever it is. It's so it's like here that they just. Oh, I don't know how I put it diplomatic. It's so hard, you know, because you've got that one show on a Thursday, which the BBC have decided is their go-to yeah. expert on country music. And he's not, you know, no. he's not the expert. He's not really a lover of the genre. 
uh, I'm not this isn't it, but but you know what I mean. It's and so every time you you try and talk to someone it from that that area about country, they seem to use that as their yardstick, and you're sort yeah. of saying no, 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 please, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many podcasts in there and independent stations that they could listen to and get the vibe. But I yeah, know. it's it's hard because it's the same with any genre where once someone is established long enough they kind of become gospel for that thing. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's hard to cuz we found it with Rogue Country it's hard to set up something else and offer alternatives without yeah. people thinking you're bitter or jealous or doing something and it's just like no it's just we can disagree with him. He's not the yeah. be all and end all of what country music is. We want to offer right. alternatives because the yeah. whole reason we need to is because he's not fucking listening to us. Yeah, yeah. And he won't, you know, he won't. Yeah, he won't. You know, That's he the thing. To, he goes to Nashville and they, they give him the carpet and all that. And, you know, that is, but I'm not, that, you know, if you said that, 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 like you said, they'd say you're being bitter, but you're not. You're saying, look, you've got to really look beyond this if you want to find the genre. You know, there's there's all this stuff going on. Um, And you, I mean, when they took that away from, I don't know why they took it off David Allen. I know the BBC out there. Their way of thinking, mm. but I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, having listened to that show quite religiously growing up, um, the change was so drastic from mm. David Allen to, to him that it was kind of like well, I don't understand why you've you've basically killed it off. You know, you got mm. someone who's in Southern rock, which I love. I love Southern rock. I love Creed. I love, mm. but I also love country and roots and West. And I thought, well, why not? You know, why have you done this? Because this this guy obviously doesn't know about country music. Yeah. And so, yet you're now you've put him in this position which is powerful. Yeah. In terms, you know, for, for for making a yardstick for all of us who come under this umbrella of country. And now, whenever I tried to get through on Jeremy Vine <laughs> a year <laughs> a of years ago, they had this seal on country. And it was, you know, the usual business. And he's going, well, you know, we're going to talk to Bob Harris in a minute about what his fees are. I'll try to find out. I said, look, let let me just say a few words, because please just Mm. go on the internet and find out how many people are are actually playing real country music. And it's there for yourself. You know, you can find all these young guys, girls, everything playing just marvellous music you know and uh the get people are taking notice of it mm. but it's just not getting played on that show yeah <laughs> yeah no it's a crazy one and i remember there's there's a film i can't i can't remember the name of it but it's like an english uh, well it's based in scotland and this scottish country singer is like trying to make it she's got out of prison i can't remember the name of this fucking film but someone recommended it to me so i started watching it and He's in it, and I was like, no, I switched it off because it's yeah. not it's not going to represent the type of stuff that I'm into. And I think coming from like like I've come from the internet, so I never listened to like David. I've never listened to be honest. I've never listened to Bob Show because again, it's like I know from seeing the track listings and who's yeah playing, yeah that's not my yeah, show. And it's, it's and it's now it's kind of like how influential is that type of show and that type of person. 
without everyone saying how influential it is because everyone else is kind of, you know, you've got the independent radio stations, you've got the podcasts. So I would, it would be interesting to see how his listenerships declined or steadied or done whatever to see if it's actually reflective of it or they're just white knuckling onto this gatekeeper ownership of yeah, the genre. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And it, and, and, and it, it, it's just frustrating and kind of upsetting for everyone you know, because you hear so much great stuff and um, you think, you know, you really, uh, it doesn't, the main, well, in the mainstream's always been bad in that respect, but in this genre at the moment, that is quite a barrier that mm. he's set up there. But anyway, you know, we, what can you do? Um, you know, I, I don't know. And, and with Western music, which, He's never going to, in a million years, get get that, you know, mm. um, because uh, it, it's kind of, um, it, it's you know, it's a thing within a thing, isn't it? So uh, it, it, I don't know, I don't know, but um, you know, how you we, we just got to sort of play through it, as I say. Yeah, um, but I I also think it's important. I think conversations like this are important because you know, like I said, people think we're talking out of bitterness. But we're just being pragmatic and going, they're not letting us onto their formats and with their audience. Yeah. Fuck it, we're going to find our own. And there's no bitterness or jealousy to admit no. that those organizations yeah. and those clubs and those award shows and all those things aren't going to yeah. let you in. It's okay to admit that those are not for you anymore. And you yeah. can spend your time actually trying to connect to the people who actually matter, which is the audience. And then you just turn around and go, well, who actually will give a shit? And that's how yeah. you start, you know, actually making waves. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, there is also that, um, you know, like in the in the States, you've got that, that kind of, that guitar and voice kind of thing, which is in some ways easier than it is here. Mm. In some cases, you've got more of those kind of venues where you can just sort of turn up with your guitar yeah. on your own and sit down and play. Um, play your stuff. Um, I noticed that first time I went over there, and it kind of gave me a bit of a an incentive to to do what I'm doing now. You know, just getting up on those open mic mm. nights um, and doing my thing, and then finding people. I mean, um, it's like I'll give you a classic example. You know, Don Edwards, who sadly has just passed away. Mm. You know, Don Edwards really. For Western music, he, you know, in the seventies, it was out on his own. He carried the thing. Um, I mean, I, I sort of discovered him late, really, in the, in the nineties when I was out, over there. But he, he, he's exactly what you were saying. People found in the end, they just found him mm. because they, 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 you know, people are coming away from his gigs and saying, "Well, you know, they just saw this guy." And, Oh, it was fabulous, you know, and and you know, just this guy sitting there. and um, and then I suppose he did the coyotes thing, and then everyone started to be more familiar with him. But he already had this fan, but and, and I quite I so admired that because um, he he, he kind of built that out of nothing, mm. uh, you know, from playing in the the, the, the smallest sort of coffee house to. You know, to 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 ending up being a, a kind of artist that other artists were, were, 
I've got to go and check this guy out, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, but it, it's a hard, it's a hard road, isn't it? As you know yeah. yourself, you know, in amongst that time span, you got to pay your mortgage, you got to yeah. pay your bills, you know, you got, you got, you got to earn a living. It's, it's, it's just that is the hard light of day, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, when, when you when you when you're trying to sort of do something which is which is not not include, included in what they see as the yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think like I've talked about this with other artists, and because you know, when you're just starting to get into it, you're just starting to play that type of music, and you're just learning about the scene. You think they're important, and you think those institutions mean something because you know well they've helped so and so and so and so works with them and x and y work with them and you know that's the only way i'm yeah. going to be able to reach that audience and it takes yeah. you a while to realize that that's not the case and that's you know in any genre you'll have like a metal band being like well i need to get on kerrang for anyone to give a yeah shit. yeah it's, yeah it's learning that you don't actually need those industry like industry gatekeepers is like a huge free yeah. mentality but it can take a year or two before it finally clicks yeah, 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 certainly. Mm. But, well, um, well, um, you know, going on to your incredible career, yeah. um, I wanted to, I've read your biography and stuff, so yeah. it was Marty Robbins that kind of kicked all this off for you when you was a kid. Yeah, um, yeah. What was it, like, what had you kind of been listening to? Because it's, it's weird when you're like nine and ten. It's like you're just starting to realise what music is. Yeah, yeah. What was kind of played around the house before? Like, what was pre-Marty Robbins, and then what was it about him coming into it that kind of knocked you off your feet? Well, it, it was kind of so. Um, you know, the the, the country that, that was my father and my uncle, especially had a, had a fantastic collection. But but you know, I'm, I'm sort of you know as a kid, you know, um, the music around me. So like you know leaving uh, 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 so like that you get to the you know leaving school in the early eighties um, you've got like the post you know post punk thing mm. has happened punk's happened but you've got like the remnants of it so my contemporary all, all most of my friends were listening to you know a lot of them were listening to like the Clash mm. uh, you know the Scar thing was was the 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 the, the two tone thing was you know at school was 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 all around you um so and i you know i kind of liked I, I i liked the energy of that you know mm. i like i loved i loved the the, the kind of the, the the i loved the the clash mentality i loved that garage band yeah. kind of thing. I, that was good mm. you know even as a kid i picked that up and it kind of turned me on to the energy that they were creating. And um, and I'm thinking, well, this is this is really good. It's kind of making me. <laughs> and then I'll be going home and listening to Marty Robbins, you know, um, <laughs> on, on a 12-inch vinyl. And somehow, in a weird way, they the two, they were related for me, not for everyone else. And I can... You know, if I played it, my dad, he'd say, God, what's that? Yeah. I say, you know, yeah. but I kind of got, I, 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 it was part of my childhood and I, it, it, it made me, 
you know, again, I've got to be honest, it made me want to play more, mm. um, you know. And then um, I kind of, uh, I saw, I, because we had no internet, um, we had no sort of search button, you, you, you had to just go out and find this stuff. So mm. after I basically played my uncle's Mighty Robbins, worn them out, <laughs> uh, playing them over and over again, and then putting them on a cassette and take, <laughs> you know, take them up in your bedroom trying to learn the chords. I, I started to sort of, you know, get to the stage where I was seeking other Western music out. Mm. And along the way, you know, along the way, you find, you find like Roots Country and, you know, you find Haggard and Hoss mm. and, and everything else, which is good. Um, and that, that kind of inspires you as well. But I have to say the melt, there was a, that kind of up until 85, 80, it was quite a melting pot mm. of music, um, of all genres, um, which doesn't, I don't know why, if I'm right in saying, it doesn't seem to be like that. Now, I'm not, I, I know that we've moved on, but there doesn't seem to be that diversity mm. in the music scene as a whole now. Yeah. So um, whether or not kids are soaking stuff up um, from their immediate sort of musical surroundings or like we used to going back. And so, so for instance, when the, you know, just giving you, you know, when the two-tone thing started and, you know, your mate comes around, oh, have you heard this? You know, and you say, mm-hmm. yeah. And then my instinct is to say, well, who did that? In the big, you know, who did yeah, he wrote that, and 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 he ah oh, some some Jamaican guy, and then you go back and find the original, and you think, oh, this is this is like you know, and you find you find a whole load yeah. of other stuff. Well, that's exactly what happened to me with country. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, I was looking, I was looking, uh, I was finding these old kind of sleeve notes about Marty Robbins and. He's kind of talking about who influenced him, mm. and so then I find that's how I found out about Gene Autry. You know, <laughs> years ago yeah. before anyone, you know, well, if he liked Gene Autry, something's got to be good about it. So you, <laughs> you go out and you, yeah, yeah. you literally coming in these these record shops looking for anything by Gene Autry. You know, you get it at home, and I miss not to digress, but I do miss that excitement of discovering it for yourself. You know, yeah. You, you find the album, you get it home because uh, you can't click on a button and listen to it straight away. Yeah. So you have to wait until you get out, get out there with your hard earned, you know, yeah. and buy the thing. And you get out and put it on, and you think, ah, oh, there it is. You know? Yeah, no, that's um, that's the interesting. Thing. I think you know the algorithms definitely got a lot to say for you know talking about the uh, that like the, not the segregation but you know every genre is kind of in its spot and it's like well if you listen to country here is every single country thing but they're never going to recommend you a reggae song that you actually might like because it knows no, no. it knows what you like and it's yeah. just going to spoon yeah. feed you what you like yeah. and i think that's where tv and film has made like played a bigger role than people are really realizing in the last 10 or yeah. 15 years because it's only when you watch a film and you go oh what, what was that song? I like that song. I haven't heard something like that before. And it can be like, you know, an older song that has kind of had a new lease of life on that. But yeah, yeah there yeah. is that thing. Like I was speaking to my wife because I've got like a decent-ish record collection. 
and you know when we have a kid i'm looking forward to it being able to flick through because you can't flick through a spotify catalog and no. you can't just like <laughs> I, I remember being like a kid and going through my dad's record collection i'm a huge kiss fan now because i remember yeah. pulling out the destroyer record and going holy yeah. fuck what's this i'm putting it on yeah and you know even like michael jackson's throne i was like this guy has a tiger he's got to be good and like yeah. going through those type of things yeah yeah and you don't have that experience because you no. know vinyl's making a comeback but having yeah. those collections that a kid can sift through and find yeah. music for themselves is a huge thing that is kind of missed at the moment it, it is and my, my my daughter you know my daughter's at uni right now she's 20 years old she's never bought a cd <laughs> let alone a vinyl mm. and yet i'm pleased to say some of her contemporaries have bought vinyl yeah because she said to me the other day you won't believe this dad but uh, this this guy i know he's bought he buys vinyl and i'm saying <laughs> well good on him you know it's like yeah you know and like all, all of a sudden you know uh i don't I know no no gallagher's releasing his new single there's there's a, there's a vinyl version of of yeah. high flying birds, you know, and it's mm. like, it's like, yeah, you know, um, that's a good, you know, that's a good thing. I mean, uh, I'm with my kids, you see, I did it with, with Western music, I did it via watching the movies, so yeah, I sort of get them up, as they call it, me getting them under the net. I've got three, three children, and um, you know, tr- kind of watching classic westerns, uh. And you know, I and after a while, I, they they notice the soundtrack is always similar, mm. and then and then of course, it makes them. You know, I, the Sons of the Pioneers is another one I kind of discovered them through those John Ford westerns because they always they always they were always in the soundtrack. Yeah, and I was thinking, well, who, who is this? And then back in the days of the old VHS, you know, to keep stopping and starting to find out. And it's not till you can actually buy the video, <laughs> you can get to the end of the titles and find out who's made the music. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, 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 a great it's a great sort of um, again we're getting back to, to to physical product again, but um, I think I think you know it, it all it's all it's all kind of like a huge part of it all mm. that. Yeah, you know. the thing I always like feel with music is the one of the biggest emotional hooks and why people care about music is because of the ritual, and that's why a lot of people's favorite bands are from when they're like you know ten to fifteen because that's when they realize what music was, and that's what they yeah. latch onto. And it's like the films with the soundtrack that they adore. Because I remember I watched Oberon the Way Out. I think it came out in two thousand and one. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was like eleven or twelve, and was like, holy yeah. shit. And, and you then, heard the song. Yeah, yeah. And then it was just like after that, I that's when I realized I loved like country and roots music. And it was like yeah. kind of fed on from there. But it, Man it, of Constant Sorrow did yeah. that for a lot of people. Yeah, it and did, that's the thing. For a lot of people. Yeah. Like yeah. I absolutely adore Ralph Stanley because you know I heard O'Death first. And then yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's been a it's been a pleasure to try and just find stuff I haven't heard from him now. It's still still at that yeah. age where I'm trying to find yeah. records of his and stuff. But it yeah. is those things where the physical product and the ritual of music mm. has been kind of separated through a digital screen. And, you know, it, today is the same day Spotify wrapped as they come out. And um, it's everyone mm. showing their streaming numbers and stuff. And it's all an amazing thing to discover music. But it's all yeah. just 
a stepping stone to hopefully get to the physical product and to that ritual and to keep that cycle going. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I mean, uh, you know, it's so important. I mean, I, you know, I, and for, I mean, I couldn't in the beginning, I couldn't, I try, you know, my, can, I suppose my, my, like, you know, 16, 17, I, I couldn't get anyone to, um, I wanted to try and form a Western band mm. then. And of course, I just couldn't get it across to people what I was talking about. Mm. Um, you know, um, they couldn't get out of their head this image of someone, you know, in a Western shirt and a big 10 gallon mm. hat sitting on a horse singing. I said, no, it's, it's not, it's not like that. You know, I'm trying to show them pictures of Marty Robbins, no yeah. cowboy hat, Italian suit and a tie, mm. you know, but so. You know, by by thumbing through those records, these other names were coming up, like, and and one of those was Carl Perkins. Mm. So I, I bought this Carl Perkins album, got it home, and again I had another one of those bloody hell explosions. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking, what's this? I'm I'm loving this, you know, and of course, you know, and then that turned me on to rockabilly. Yeah. Um, and then that big that door opened uh, at sort of seven sixteen seventeen, and then I found people who would play with me. You know, they say, "Yeah, I'll have some of that." You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, because there, there was a there was there was a scene to go to there. Um, mm. So um, that's how I kind of got got in, into rockabilly. Um, you know, obviously, because to me they were natural brothers you know yeah. western western swing and rockabilly so um it, but it what it what what it enabled me to do is get out there playing gigs mm. at 16 you know we were playing yeah. gigs at 16 um mm. which which was great it gave us a route you know we could get up we, we we could uh um get up there and play you know and, and um it, it, it was like you know it's a shot in the arm really mm. was um, but, uh, it's, um, so it works, you know, those, those, <coughs> these, those routes of discovery, they lead you mm. down, down roads that eventually bring you back to what you want to do. I yeah. think anyway. Yeah, no, totally. And with obviously releasing this single on seven inch, was there like what obviously we're talking about physical format was that the conscious yeah. thing in the forefront of your mind to be like i need a physical single to, for this yeah thing? yeah i've got the, the the label that i did i've done the single and the previous two albums is it's basically a guy in finland and he's very passionate just a passionate mm. music guy as you know scandinavian is a great place for roots music yeah doesn't matter whether it's country, western, rockabilly, blues, yeah. whatever it is. There's a ready-made warmth there to, to mm. the music, which really is it's heartwarming. It's encouraging yeah. for people like us. Um, and so he he kind of um, he's he just he's a bit he kind of reminds me of those stories you read about the guy that started Bear Family. You know, he just. Mm. He, he, someone who had this passion that everyone thought, well, why do you want to do that? You know, and now I read this classic quote the other day in the beginning, no one would want to be on bear. And now everyone, if they're not on bear family, 
<laughs> all the classic, like, like you, you know, they worry. Yeah. So he's a bit. He's a, he's got that that kind of passion, and he he said, "Let's do a vinyl seven inch single, and um, we'll we'll you know go record a B side, and we'll just put that on the vinyl. We won't release it digitally. It'll be old school. <laughs> so when they buy the vinyl, they're getting something. You know, they're getting yeah. And I thought, well, that's just a really good idea, you know. Mm. Um, uh, that that's really it's his idea. Mm. So uh, you know, because you know, it is everyone now is it's just say, oh, we're just it's just going to be Spotify and digital, you know, and that, and then maybe we'll do a CD or a vinyl when we when we get to the album. But um, that 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 really was his idea. So uh, yeah, um, you know, and, and uh, it's worked. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, no, it has. It looks amazing. And it's one of those things where people, you know, we're talking about the rise of vinyl and stuff. It is one of those things. People want to support you because obviously Spotify and digital is so easy, but there's always that conversation about, well, how do you actually support them? And it is buying those records. And that's why when people, you know, give Spotify a hard time, I do think the majority of music listeners, they're using it as, you know, a first listen type deal, but they will go back and buy yeah, the record and stuff because exactly, you know, it's just. I, I one totally of the, agree. Yeah. With you. you you've got to have, you know, you've got to get, you've got to get your stuff on there because that is exactly. It's do you know what it puts me in the mind of those old fifties movies where people used to be able to go in the record shop mm. and listen to a record before they bought it. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. that's that's like Spotify is kind of like the contemporary version of that. Yeah, no, isn't especially with. You know, vinyl, you know, it's 20, 30, 50 pounds sometimes for a record, depending on how rare it is. And, you know, people are a lot more savvy now. People don't want to take a risk on a record and no. then have it sat there and they've just pissed away 30 pounds. They aren't even going to take it out of the yeah. rapper release. Like, I've I've done it where I've gone to buy a record. I'll go, I listen to it on Spotify first. And I go, I'm not fucking buying that. I can't, I can't justify. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to listen to it again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. a lot of those people are like, they're just being savvy and Spotify gives yeah. them that ability to take a risk on it. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a really good point you've made. Really, really good. And getting back to that label thing, you know, that like bear family, what he's done, he, he's got such a reputation that you, you just know, I mean, I, I have so much faith in, in what he I, I just buy it. I mean, yeah. and, and I'd I, I, I probably spent far too much money. With Bear <laughs> Family, but, you know, his box sets are, you know, for for, for, for kind of Western music and country mm. music, they're just just second to none. But you know, you just know you're going to get quality. You know, you're not going to get any those horrible disappointments when yeah. you get get it home and where it arrives and it's like re-recorded yeah. versions of. Like this is what used to happen in in the days, you know, like going back, like with Carl Perkins and people like that. You know, you 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 are innocent. You were you're a kid, and you just think, oh, that's got to be. And you get and what's that? You, you get it home. That, that's not what I thought. Yeah. You know, you're getting like recorded, and then you look, oh, recorded in uh, uh, recorded in 1985. You know, and it's just like the third re-record. Yeah. Of the song you wanted. Yeah, just going on, it is one of those things where, you know, you need, that's what we want to try and do with Rogue Country is if we kind of, you know, promote artists, talk to artists, you kind of trust 
what we're doing because if you like x y and z it's the same thing why like like why western af or gems on vhs has done well but it's the same thing with like i love him obviously i'm a huge john prine fan i'll listen to anything from oh boy records they did the showcase in june i went and it was fucking phenomenal and i bought every record at the merch stand because you build those relationships and you build that trust but unless you have those labels that you trust it's kind of it is a wild west out there yeah yeah totally totally um i you know um and i i suppose you try and you try and do that yourself in a small way with, mm. you, with what you you know each of us what we're doing you try and you just put everything into what you do i mean i know with these the two albums and the single I, i've thrown everything everything i have into it and mm. uh, it's just because you want people to hear you in the way you want to be heard um and uh, you know it, it can be as you know it can be a dark and flipping black tunnel sometimes yeah. because you, you 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 know every every step of the way there's a barrier and yeah you haven't got you haven't got any of the um the tools that the majors have yeah, and the signed artists have you know every gig in loading up the PA and taking it to it's like, but you know that's you just got to do it. There's no other way. Um, <clears throat> um, I, I think about that a lot, but um, you just do it. it we're doing it because we love it. Yeah, and it's never ever going to make us. Um, you know, we there's no other way of is putting it. For want of sounding cheesy, yeah, um, you're always going to be at that. You know, it, it's always going to be that way, and you either accept that or you, you give up. You know, yeah, that's I, like I have a song called yeah. "Wait and See," which is about like um, driving home after a gig. And I, the kind of preamble live is, you know, I could happily be sat at home with my wife and cats watching TV, but I've just got something yeah. that's like scratching to do this, and it's not like you know, a want, it's a need. It's not, you know, no, no. it's yeah. not, you know, like, like if a gig goes bad, you're like, I could be fucking at home instead of this, but it's still, yeah. but it could have yeah. been a good gig. And it's those yeah. feelings that keep you just, you know, loading that PA into the back of the car to fucking drive, you know, yeah. halfway across the country to play a gig to five people. Cause the next gig might be to yeah. 20 people. And then the next That's gig it. after that might be 50. But until you actually put that work in and that grind, you won't know. And it's no, it's just that no. weird itch to, that you just do yeah. because you fucking love it. Yeah, yeah. And then you get your mate. You say, "Oh, I heard a country record on Radio Two today." And you say, "What was it?" And he tells you, "I'm not going to say." And then you say, <laughs> "No, no, no, no. Please, 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 please. That's not you know." Yeah. I mean, it's I, I, the only the only name. I, it's like it's like with them. Um, I remember they they had. Um, uh, uh, Keith Urban doing a medley of Marty Robbins songs <laughs> at the CMA. It was like, for me, that was like someone, uh, uh, a guy, to use an expression of a, this guy reviewing a heavy metal album, it, it's just like taking out your spine and using it as a golf club. <laughs> you know, it was, it was that. It was like Keith Urban singing Marty Robbins songs. I mean, I mean, it's just like, how how bad is it going to get, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, but that's, know. I think that's the hard thing as well, because you have 
sincere artists who have like been influenced by that stuff, but they'll still get like ignored over one person who's established and in the gatekeepers good books to then yeah, get like yeah. You know, yeah. well, they'll do it because we like them. And it may not be sincere, but they're going to do it. And it'll take that box of, you know, paying yeah. tribute to a, you know, country artist past. And we can like feed off that for a while, but there's no sincerity yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know, and it's like, like, I kind of, I don't know if you've you, you listened to any of Hank Free's interviews, or I, I get where he's coming from with a, what you, exactly what you were saying. Um, he, he kind of he, he kind of berates people a, a little bit, that, you know, for not getting the influence direct mm. from, the, from the root source. And I suppose you know that, that with all the technology we've got now, uh, that, that it, it, you know you, you can get the root source if you want to find it. Yeah, um, it's so much easier you now because I remember I'm a Robert Johnson yeah. fan. But I only found him because yeah, I read, yeah. it, read it in a magazine back when I was like 15. Yeah. But nowadays, yeah. if you, if you want to know the origins of something, it takes five seconds on your phone to Google it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And I mean, you know, if kids, uh, you know, young, but if they're influenced by the third, the third hand, then all, all well and good. You know, that's how it is that they they may then delve back further. Yeah, and it will take them to another. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sort of knocking that at all. Um, I just, I just wish that we had a little bit of a, a little bit more sort of tied up our creek, you know, mm. uh, to, for independent um, people under that that yeah. umbrella of country to show people what we can do, you know, um, because even the festivals, as you know yourself, you probably know, you know, they, they. The festival road is 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 become so kind of hard financially because yeah. you know that all the money goes to the headliner mm-hmm. and then everyone else plays for nothing, and then you know and then and then in some stages I'm hearing that that that, that they're not even getting admit they're not even getting in. What no. I mean, they're not even getting into they're paying to get into the festival as well. So um, it's uh, I don't know, you know. Um, it's not always like that. Yeah, but um, it, it's 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 a hard old road. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I got an offer for a festival, and they offered me a fifteen minute slot. I'm in Wirral, so I'm Northwest England. It was yeah. a Scot- it was a Scottish festival, and it was an unpaid fifteen minute slot. Yeah, I was like, no, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. good, thanks. Yeah, that, that, well, you see, I I got to the stage where I. Luckily, we're getting some. We, you know, last couple of years, I put the band together, and we're getting some reasonably good. Yeah. You know, they understand we we can't do that because there's four of us. Yeah. You know, I got Dave down in Wales. There's me in the New Forest, Danny in Southampton, Connie's in Portsmouth. So it's it's kind of like you know, m- most of our gigs are north of London, which mm. I don't really sure why that is, but. So you know we're we're um, you know touching wood. We, the gigs this year have been good. You know we, we've done we've done we we we've managed to um, get get some some reasonable yeah uh, financial um, reward for what we're doing. Uh, what when I say that I mean cover, you know we're, we're paying the fuel yeah. and 
Yeah, covering expenses, breaking even yeah. almost. Yeah, and we're getting back and, you know, we, we can and go and have a point, you know. Yeah. So, um, but to do that, we've, we've, we've kind of, um, we've kind of uh, accepted that we, we've got to play um, where the gigs are offered. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes those gigs can be, again, I've got to be diplomatic, <laughs> quite <laughs> difficult in that the audience may have that preconception of yeah. what you're going to play. Uh, and they're, you're not obviously going to play that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it's a bit difficult to line dance to, um, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, um, we are Shane or, or, or running gun or something like that. Mm. You know? So, but uh, I mean, you just, I've learned along the way that you've just got to play to the people that are there that want. Yeah. Their, Tell they're digging what you're doing. So you play to them, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we've had some fantastic gigs in places we we would have never expected, you know, like playing with a couple of indie bands or something. Um it could be, you know, like and, and they you know, they they they're just like enthralled because you're all acoustic yeah. for a start. <laughs> <clears throat> and they're really responsive, you know, and they, yeah. they love it. and they actually buy the records. So yeah. I mean that's you know that that is the that's the upside of it, isn't it? It's good for the soul when yeah. that kind of thing happens. You know, no, totally. And it's finding your audience, and it's finding the people who are willing to take a chance. And I've found, you know, I've only played like two country music clubs because look at me, but um, like I've yeah, only but played- you know, this, see, I'm the opposite. I I kind of want I I, I don't want to sort of give them. We 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 sort of like. I suppose visually, I'm paying, I'm paying sort of homage to all the guys that I love by wearing a yoke jacket and mm. and doing that sort of thing. But in the, then then I do have these moments where I don't want to put people off by that. Mm. Um, you know, maybe I should just get up there and do this in a pair of Doc Martens and a Ben Sherman. You know, because <laughs> it's still the same person. Mm. Like, and, and this is the big thing about Marty. You know, Marty refused. He refused to to give in to that. Yeah. I so admired him. The more I, you know, there's only one biography of Marty Robbins. I don't know why that is, but it's a good one. It's by a woman called Diane Deepman. Mm. It's, a, it's a it's a must read. It's so interesting. But you know, the the big guys in Nashville, you know, because Marty was was an A lister, and so yeah. they're saying, Marty, you know, why don't you? How come you don't wear the? You know, on the front of the the albums, yeah, he's got the Stetson and. Mm-hmm. The, the Western thing, but if you're going to see Marty Robbins live at his peak, he looks like he could be. He looks like he's just stepped out of Quadrophenia. He's got an Italian <laughs> yeah. suit, you know, slim jim tie, button down collar. He could have been in a mod band, you know. And he he's got a great song. It's called if you check it out. It's called Cowboy in a Continental Suit. Yeah, and and that's his answer. That's his way of saying, you know, you don't have to. I, I, look, I sing the songs. I don't have to dress up like it all the time. Yeah, and you can't get more Western than Marty. You know, he, he's, no. he's the he, he's the, the he's the man, isn't he? Yeah. So, um, and again, again, like um, you know, I, I I often I often sort of when I read about him, although he was you know he had massive success, um, 
you know that you know the story of this is truth. He, when he went into CBS and told them, he said, "Look, I'm going to um, I want to make this." He always called it. He always called them cowboy songs mm. as opposed to western songs. But he said, "Look, I want to make a cowboy album." Uh, and and the, the head of I and R, I always forget the guys. And that's so we'll, we'll be in about nineteen fifty eight, fifty nine, mm. when they recorded it. Said to him, he said, Marty, he said, he said, I don't really think you got the voice for cowboy songs. <laughs> so so like when when anyone says to me, oh, I've just been to see a label in the A and R man said this, and I say, don't get despondent because I. A&R men's no fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> if they're going to say that to Marty Roberts, you know. Yeah, just exactly. Forget, you know, whatever yeah. they say. Because, yeah. um, you know, and uh, but not to digress, he, he, you know, if you look at him in some of his classic videos, how he's dressed, he's he's kind of like, you know, he's just, just like this, this guy, but with this, just like this gift, yeah. you know, of, of creating... Um, this this in, insane beautiful music. Um, yeah, I, got, I can't really put it in a way, but um, I, I, I kind of do think about that sometimes. And yeah, you know, as much as you're saying about that, you go to a country club. I, I kind of, I don't want people to see us walk on and think, oh, I know what we're going to get now. Yeah, no, I get that. And I think, but I think what I was going on to say is obviously I've done the country music club stuff like very briefly and compared to you know playing with like like you said with like indie bands i think if you play in that type of setting the preconception is less so even if you walked on you know as you are with your western shirts and stuff there's not going to be as much of a snap judgment as it would in those scenes and that's that's what i found so i think that's why you know you you do not necessarily better, but you, you know, you maybe shift some more merch, you'd reach a different audience and you'd have a like a more yeah. interesting gig with that type of crowd yeah. and with like a younger crowd. Like I've just been playing with a Cam Cole, who's a like a one man blues rock band. Yeah, and yeah. I've, I've been doing my thing and people have come up and like I've never fucking listened to country music before in my life. But yeah. like what are you doing? I'm like, well, check this, I'll check those, I'll check this out. And it's an interesting thing because those people seem to be more receptive to music in all its forms than someone yeah. who's going specifically to i'm going to a country music club because i want to listen to the country music that i know and like and i don't want any surprises so even yeah. if you walked on in whatever they had in their heads they're still going to be just it's already i always think those kind of situations already set up to fail for a music who wants to do something new yeah 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 no that's 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 pretty pretty true that um yeah Oh, and you you can see that happen sometimes. Yeah, because obviously I, like what I do is I I call it bastard country because it's not country music in what I call it's pure sort of most traditional sense. When I think of like country music, I think of like yourself, I think of like Ags Connolly, uh, Josh Bettis. And, you know, I see you guys not hitting those clubs with the reaction that you should be getting. So I'm like, well, clearly there's something fucking up. With there's a disconnect between the expectation and the delivery, and I don't get. Well, yeah, what... I mean, it, with my in my case, I can't even get in the club. I mean, yeah. like Black Deer. I mean, I, I've had. I, I I could show you 
I, I don't know. I must, I've got a list like that of people who've emailed me. Why aren't you playing at Black Deer? <laughs> and I say, I just say because they won't book me. Yeah. You know, because I, I send them, I send them the bullshit. You know, like everyone <laughs> else, I never get a reply. They don't want to know. And and and, and they, oh, I've been on their website telling them the book yet. You know, why aren't you booking uh, Clint Bradley? And 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 I say. I don't know what the magic word is or who owns the key. Mm. If you find out, just tell me because, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's like, um, you know, I, it's like you don't even get the chance to show what you can do. No. It, so what we end up doing, like we played, we played at Wickham, uh, like, not, no, crikey, it's two years ago now. And it was, it was fabulous. We had the, we had it, we've, Honestly, it was one of the best gigs. We we blooming well packed the tent. People were just coming in, you know, purely mm. because they're walking down and they hear it and they come in. What's this? You know, I sold everything that night. Sold mm. all the merch. My, my wife was doing the merch for us that <laughs> night. And it was an awesome night, you know. Um, and you, you couldn't honestly couldn't have gone any better, you know. I mean, yeah. it was a, just one of their magic gigs, you know, four encores. <laughs> uh, the whole crowd with us, so I'm thinking, great, you know. And we done we done it done it in one of the the, the uh, off center tents, um, but you can still you know still a lovely rig in there, yeah. And you, you, you can still get like like quite a few hundred people in those places. Um, so I, I get you know I, I give it the customary few weeks, and I get on to the to the big tamale. So you know it was great gig and. Blah blah, and uh, you know we look forward to coming back next year. And it, it, it's right, you just get oh yeah, well I'm sure they'll have you again. It's basically the same. You can play in the same place again, yeah, the same money, and uh, uh, you, you're not getting near the main stage. You know, <laughs> you think, well, hang on a minute, we just done this blinding gig. Yeah, we put people away from the main stage into our gig, and you're saying, you know, it's like how many more times do we have to do this? Yeah. You know, yeah. and there was no country fans. This was a well, you know what Wickham's like. I mean, mm. it's like there was that that weekend. There was the Proclaimers. There was the flipping Kiefer Sutherland and his band and <laughs> these other people. You know, um, so it's it's a total cross section of people there who really, really dug what we did. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are still in in touch now to the website. You know, when when are you playing? And that they're coming to our gigs now in other places, but yeah. it's kind of like you wonder why you. I don't know who the, as you say, I don't know who the gatekeepers are. Yeah, um, it, it's hard with like from festivals. It's the same, almost the same as the radio, where it is literally, if your face doesn't fit, or you aren't in that kind of group, it it's almost it no. doesn't even matter. You know, you could be bringing like a three three thousand people to a gig and for some yeah. reason they just still don't want to know you and it's one of those oh. things that can just burn your head off and it's like you know you can look at your like music cv and be like well i've done that the person playing's done that i've done that the person playing's done that i've done that yeah. the person playing hasn't done that but yeah. it's just the face fits and it's one of those things where you can just drive yourself mad trying yeah. to wrap your head around what what the oh, just, decision making yeah. process is you know, and it, it the, I'll tell you the other thing that's so frustrating is this the visa situation for America. Um, mm, yeah. Talking about live. 
See now, for for a few years now, we've had we've got no shortage of gigs, gig offers. From I'm I'm talking from west coast right across to the northwest, um, like cowboy. They they have these festivals there, which are absolutely perfect for what I do. They're cowboy music and poetry yeah. festivals, <clears throat> and they they stretch right across. You know, they go from the west right across to the northwest, Montana, Wyoming. Nevada, all those places, and um, some really lovely people, you know, uh, offering us gigs <clears throat> and places to stay, mm. and a decent kind of decent, you know, you know, and you start on this visa route, uh, yeah, man, that is depressing because yeah, I'm at the stage now. Where I, I swear, what they're saying, if you can even get through to someone at the embassy, it's like, well, you know, you can apply, but you're not going to get it. Basically, yeah, yeah. So, so, and then you say, "Well, look, I can't afford an immigration attorney. I'm not on CBS. You know, it's not like yeah. I'm Adele or or, or, or like like <laughs> yeah. the Stones. You know, I can't afford a, an attorney. Uh, so, what do we do? <clears throat> and then some, as you probably know, some go in under the radar, which is fine. But you're always looking over your shoulder. Yeah, I've heard horror then, stories about that. Ah, uh, you know, and I've I've I know someone personally. I know two people it's happened to, and it's just not worth it. No, because it's it's the worst kind of thing, you know, to be frog marched from the gig, basically to the airport, thrown on a plane. Yeah, deported. It's demoralising, and then you go, you've got a ten year ban. You know. Yeah. But that that is frustrating because when there's gigs you could be playing, mm. uh, where you've got people actually offering you decent gigs in decent venues, you can't yeah. go there. Because it's yeah. damn visa. Yeah. No, um, the the whole visa thing's baffling to me because like I was talking to Cam He's just <clears> been <throat> over there and Nate were yeah. talking about the process they went through and the money it took to do it. But then I was talking to like Nick Shoulders came over at the beginning of November. I was like, What was your visa pro- process? Like and he was like, it was fine. Like Yeah, it, it, that's it. You the other way it's fight. just yeah. yeah. When they come if you look at uh what what is it? Um the the uh, the, the process for them is nowhere near as hard as it is for us. Mm. So a US artist coming here is a doddle compared for a UK artist going there. Yeah, I just That's don't get fact. the logic behind it. Yeah. No, no. There's it's a lot of people for a long time been trying to talk this out. It's grossly unfair. And it, it obviously in all genres of music yeah. because, you know, uh, especially in the, with the rock, you know, a lot of uh, – young bands that, that, that want to get over, they're starting to get their following going and, you know, they get, they're getting so much grief um, and they won't even, I don't know why they've got this. You used to be able to get this thing called a multiple indefinite business and pleasure, which I, I did get the visa once, but I had to pay for it mm. going back some years and it only lasts for, for, for a certain amount of time. Uh, the O1 visa, mm. but um, they've changed it again now. Um, so you can't even, for all intensive purposes, audition without yeah. getting paid. You've still got to have. So, I mean, we had someone we played in Wales uh, last week. Great, it's a great gig there in Cardigan. Yeah, Santa. yeah, I've heard <laughs> really good things about there. Oh, it's be perfect. It's ideal. Acoustic venue, it's a lovely atmosphere, mm. um, perfect, nice little PA down there. 
Um, and we had someone come to the gig, <laughs> came over from the States, all we were playing. You'd just been to the Western Music Association uh, uh, convention in mm. Albuquerque, and she, she came to our gig uh, and uh, did a little review and that. It was really, it was really, really cool to, to meet someone who'd just been there. Yeah. And I was explaining the visa thing, and she couldn't believe it. You know, she had no idea. Yeah. I said, this is why. And she said, well, why haven't you been over? We, we, you know, everyone's waiting for you to play. And I said, well, this is why. And I, I just like, this is the situation. Hmm. So she's gone back and talking to people, you know, and they're, they're going to try and do something, you know. Yeah. Like, um, there's talk of a cultural exchange and other things. Yeah. Um. I don't know, but it's something that I'm sure would be of interest to everyone yeah. who plays independently, because all of us um, are going to come up against that that wall. You know, uh, very frustrating. No, totally. You know, yeah. Mm. But I also I wanted to talk to you today about like obviously with your Western songs and the music that you play. Obviously, Marty Robbins is a huge influence. You talk about kind of Western films and Western novels. And um, what kind of Western novels have influenced you, or do you have any like favorites that you've picked that you know you always kind of go back to, or you'd recommend to someone reading them? Because obviously, I've loved Western movies. I think I've only ever read like Butcher's Crossing by John Williams, if you consider that right. Western. Um, I've not really delved into the actual novels that much. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of. I kind of um, I love everything uh, from Zane Grey, which is which is the classic. A lot of the classic westerns came, you know, that, that were turned into movies mm. uh, came from. But also Cormac McCarthy, White Horses, and mm. um, uh, Lonesome Dove, things like that. Um, but also a lot of the historical stuff mm. um, fascinates me. But um, also going, you know, spending time out there, yeah, like I did, um, and and sort of getting to know working cowboys and stuff, mm. getting to know what it's like, you know, uh, it's so different uh, to your again your preconception, um, yeah, sort of hanging out with rodeo people and 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 sort of seeing it from there. So it, it, it it's it's a it's a it's just a world which um, is, is not really – well, I suppose now with Yellowstone, it is being seen more. Yeah. I mean, with Yellowstone, they're kind of showing a little bit. I think I think Taylor Sheridan really has, has kind of lifted the lid on it a bit. Mm. He's kind of showing – and, of course, now Yellowstone is everyone's trying to get them. I, I had it. I've, I've been fairly close uh, – in that one of the camera crew heard some of my stuff. Oh, really? On, yeah, yeah. And it, what an experience! This is only this is only last year. Uh, they, so the series is the, the series four. Mm. They went to tech. They went to film in Texas, and um, at the Four Sixes Ranch. And uh, there's a station there that's been really supportive of me mm. from, from the first album. Um, and they play it a lot, uh, play my stuff a lot. And um, they, they heard a particular track. It was from Soul of the West, actually. 
they kept it's one of the things I kept saying, who, who is that? You know, what, who, who is that guy? And they, they, they actually called the station to find out who it was. <laughs> and the, the station, the guy that runs the station, he emailed me. He said, look, I've got to share this, share this with you. And I, this guy, <laughs> he said, you know, do you watch, do you know what Yellowstone is? I said, yeah, I do. Well, you know, because I've been into it since the first series. Mm. I heard about it in pre-production and I thought this is, this would be interesting. Now, I mean, I know it's glossy and it's obviously catering to, 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 to a mass audience and it, and it is now just about the most successful, I believe, um, cable TV thing ever. Mm. And, and Taylor Sheridan's now, you know, he's got prequels and yeah, I mean, the 1883 thing is, 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 is great, but, um, so not, I'm getting off this, but you know, when I was over there, I kind of sort of hung out with a few, uh, a few lads who were sort of involved in that. And, um, mm. and actually the other thing that's, that inspired me, especially on the last album was, was actually the, the, the physical landscape. Yeah. Because once you get out there to Wyoming, Montana, and you see that landscape for us, it's, it's, it's like a religious experience yeah. for us no, totally. coming from the UK. You know, it. I, I, I honestly believe it's like it's almost like get, you get what they got two hundred years ago. If you're an immigrant, mm, yeah, I mean, you know, if you just come over from Ireland or Scotland, UK, wherever, and you've got off the boat, you've found, you've worked your way across, and you suddenly got to the edge of of Montana, you know, and you 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 just stand there, and it's just like it it, it it's a incredible thing to look yeah. at. That alone gets a song out of yeah. me, you know. <laughs> um, so, so that 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 kind of took over, you know. Marty Robbins sort of brought me to the music, but finding the real thing, yeah, it really, really kind of had it, and continues to, you know, have that yeah. huge, um, and and that and that the love that you get for it. Mm. You'll, you'll keep doing it, you know, because it's just like a, a you're just praying to this image all the time that you know's there, yeah, and you want to have some more of it, you know, yeah. Um, uh, and, and also, you know, the thing with Western music is that that's what it is. If if the song sounds, and I, I don't want this to sound like like cheesy, but it, the, the, you know, if you sit around a fire and play the song. And it works. You you know the rest is going to be gravy if they'll sit and listen to you like yeah. that. You know, because um, it 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 really does um, come from that. It, mm. it, it's got to. Um, that that really does inspire me. Mm. That that side of things you know, to, to write to keep writing. Mm. No, that's really interesting. Weirdly, yeah. I I watched the first episode of Yellowstone today, like the first episode of season one. I I finished watching it today, and it was yeah. the the landscapes that to me was the most. Like, oh, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was like that the is most, Montana. Like, yeah, it, that was the most captivating thing about it because it's, yeah. I hadn't seen that. Obviously, I've seen no. westerns before, but to see it yeah. so beautifully shot was just mind blowing. And that's, I think it's hard being like a UK artist singing country music because oh. you get that kind of backlash of not being from there but exactly western music i think is slightly different because western is about the genre yeah and you don't have to be western 
no. too right in that genre. All you have no, to no. do is sincerely and lovingly approach it. And I think that's what yeah. your music does, is obviously being a dude from England, but you're capturing the Western spirit so sincerely and so eloquently and so true to you know what's come before that I think it is it it's undeniable what you could do. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh but that yeah no um that that is it and that that's what they say to me especially the older guys they they say I don't care where you're from you know if you make music like that it, I know it's coming from right inside your chest. Yeah. And it's it's fine by me. Mm. And the the thing about I just will say that thing about being a UK artist playing if you're you know going playing country it is incredibly incredibly tough. It's the toughest. Mm. It's if if you're Irish, Australian, even Scottish, it's doable. When you're English, it is hard. And I had a guy once right back when I was just after the first album contact me from Nashville and he he contacted me because he'd heard a, a track um on YouTube or something and, and he was you know he was showing a, some interest and you know what it's like they give you the spiel and yeah I know so and so I can get I can get you this and get that and he said but one thing he said um your website is co.uk isn't it I said well yeah he said <laughs> you need to change that to dot com I said well why on earth would I want to do that? Why do I need to? Because, you know, you, you, uh, you know, what he's trying to say is, well, you know, you, it's going to be a bit hard because you're English. And I said, so what do you want me to do? Turn up, with, you know, with some con accent. Yeah. I can't deny who I am. I am. No. This is me, you know. Um, yeah. It would be like, uh, it, it, it's like, I, I, not, you know, completely far removed. It's like I went to see Suggsy. In one of his one-man shows, mm. it's absolutely brilliant. He's, he's brilliant, Suggsy, on his own, and he's saying that very thing about madness. You know, he said like, "We we got fed up with that con con American accent thing, so we just that's why we love, love Dean Jury because he just comes out yeah. singing like you know, <laughs> not about the, it's not about the music on talking here. It's about the the actual denial of who you are. Yeah. Why would you do? Why? Yeah. Why would you do it, and how could you do it? Yeah. So you know, unless you're an actor, it acts different for an actor. They, yeah. they do accents, and it's part of the craft. But we're we're just musicians. Yeah. And I I said to him, well, look, just just look at it this way, you know, just go back a lifetime to go back to the sixties. Imagine if the Rolling Stones, what they did for blues. By that I mean they b- brought blues back yeah. to the USA when you'd forgotten about it. Mm. You know these 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 blokes from 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 London. No matter what you think of them, they were into blues. They're kind of blue. They took it. They took it back to yeah. America, didn't they? And, mm-hmm. and people started to then to look at blues again and uncover all the people that had been laying dormant. Yeah, I said, well. Why don't you just look at Western? You know what I'm doing on a small scale. Yeah, it's never going to be a massive, but I'm just, I just love it. Yeah, with all my heart. Yeah, you've just got to accept that I'm over here on this little island. <laughs> Doesn't make me any lesser fan. No, exactly. And less sincere, you know, than 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 if I were, you know, working 
you know, shoveling out of stalls on the four sixes. It's just yeah. the same deal, you know. Yeah, no, exactly. And we're, right. kind of, yeah. we're uh, coming up to the hour mark, so I don't want to take up too much of your time now. But, okay, no, it's fine. Um, Let you go. Yeah, but with um, you've obviously had the new single out. When are you looking to bring it out? Like, are you planning on a record next? Are you planning on touring next year? It, it'd be touring uh, next year, and then hopefully the latter end of the year, we hope to start on the third album. How awesome. Um, uh, that's what we're hoping. Um, we we uh, we're just putting in the final. We got two, three dates came in yesterday, uh, so I'm ho- hoping to put the dates up at the end of uh, December. Awesome. Next year, and and that that's the loose plan. Mm. Uh, in between that, this American thing, if it if it shapes up, then uh, I might get to go over there next year. And start to to build, you know, possibly build some dates, um, but we just have to wait and see, really. Mm. Um, yeah, that's 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 the loose sort of plan yeah. at the moment. Oh, well, amazing yeah. man. Hopefully, you're going to be doing some northwest dates, so I can get to see you live as well. Yeah, we've got we've got we've got Sunderland coming up. Uh, we've got we 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 did the nearest we played to the Wirral was. Was it try um the the guy that used to put on the uh Rockridge festivals? He did one we did one there about it was just the year before lockdown. Um but he he didn't get a good show on the mm. festival. There was us, the Haley sisters, uh quite a few others. He didn't get what he wanted, so yeah. that was a human shame. I felt sorry for him. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I know we've got Sunderland next year mm. and, uh, uh, Leeds, places like that, you know. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. there we have it folks that is episode 56 of the rogue country podcast in the bag thank you so much to everyone who has listened thank you so much to everyone who made our spotify rap so fucking cool we really appreciate it make sure you head over to our youtube channel and go listen to cold hands and ashley harden we've got more videos on the way make sure you go listen to jackson on spotify and make sure you keep supporting the things you love and also make sure you come down to the rogue country christmas roundup on wednesday the 28th of december at back and head future yard it's going to be a grand old time and in the meantime keep supporting the things you love keep doing the things you love and until next time peace